This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone. Today's episode is the last episode in my Leaving Social Media series. If you want to catch up with previous episodes, you can find those in the previous weeks leading up to this. And today's episode will feature some questions that I received from the community and I will be amplifying those voices throughout and and then answering their questions. I did receive quite a few questions uh, that weren't through my voicemail. And so I will just simply state those questions at the end and then answer those. Yeah. So this has been a really fun series to put together and I have some things in the works that will kind of extend from this in a greater capacity. And that's really all I can tell you for now. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, without further ado, let's start with the first question. Just a little disclaimer before we start this episode. This podcast does not provide medical advice. The information on this podcast is for informational purposes only. No material on this site is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Today's episode is sponsored by Wellaments. I have worked alongside this brand for quite a few years now and can attest to the high quality and efficacy of their products. All of their products are certified organic, preservative-free, and bottled in glass. Their products range from daily vitamin and mineral supplements to products to help with tummy troubles, teething, and the sniffles. Personally, we have loved their vitamin D drops for our infants, their tooth oil, and cough medicine. They are actively building out their children's line and they just launched immune support, elderberry and multivitamin gummies, and probiotic stick packs. If you are looking for a great gift for a mother-to-be, their O Baby Bundle would be perfect. It includes all of their best-selling newborn products, including grape water, vitamin D drops, chest and foot rub, and more. You can use the code MOTHERHOODMEETSMEDICINE for 20% off at checkout. You can find all of these details in the show notes as well. Today's show is also sponsored by Sarah Belly. Sarah Belly was founded by neurosurgeon Teresa Persner. You can hear all about the story that inspired the brand within the episode we recorded together about six months ago. After becoming a neurosurgeon, Teresa went back to school to earn her PhD in developmental neurobiology at Stanford. After having her three children, she was having a hard time finding baby food that focused on the proper nutrients needed for the developing brain and thus cerebelli was born. Did you know that 80% of a baby's brain is fully developed by the age of three? Cerebelli is the only brand of organic purees that provide 16 key brain supporting nutrients. 
Let your baby explore veggie first, clean label project certified flavors with no added sugar and spoonfuls of nutrients with Cerebelli. Parenting is an art, Cerebelli is science. And you know how much I love science. My kids also enjoy their smart bars, which are great for a quick nutrient packed snack for on the go. Today's listeners can get up to 35% off your first order of Cerebelli with code Lindsay 20, that's L-Y-N-Z-Y 20, plus an additional 15% off when you subscribe and save. Let's get back to the episode. First of all, uh, thank you for bringing this conversation about social media and the aspects that are negative to light. I have a question about what do you think will happen to social media if the folks that have some social critical thought leave the space? Does it become an echo chamber for conspiracy theorists, therefore amplifying their voice? Thank you. So I think that Margot raises a good question. I don't personally think that it would amplify those people any more than they already are. They already have this you know, platform or platforms on several different social media sites where they can amplify into their own echo chambers. And so, you know, if there was a mass exodus of people that said tomorrow, I want to be off social media, I don't think that it's healthy for me right now in the way that it's currently set up. You know, if things were different, if they had better intentions at mind, which they do not currently you know, perhaps that might be something that many of us would venture down, you know, in the future. But right now, the way that it's set up is just not healthy. And so, you know, if a bunch of us decided to leave, I don't necessarily think that's going to amplify them anymore. um, Because who are they amplifying to? I mean, just inside their own echo chamber with people that already believe what they believe, right? So yeah, I don't think that it would necessarily give them any bigger of a platform because there's going to be less people listening to them since they're gone, you know. (laughs) Hi, Lindsay. My name's Jen. I'm uh, also in medicine. And I was wondering if you could talk about whether you thought your experience in cutting back as an influencer and having a positive effect on your life uh, would also have been the same if you had been working similar hours in medicine and had cut back. I say this because I've been cutting back more and more and more and frankly wanting to cut back more and more. And I think American culture has normalized working nights and weekends and putting your all into things. And I'm not even a super successful anesthesiologist, nor do I work full time. But I've realized that with good parenting and taking good care of yourself means sort of cutting back. And I had just wondered if you thought it was more the social media or the having better sort of work life balance, and how you thought that affected things. I don't know, this hasn't been very coherent. But I'm just interested to hear what you think if you had cut back from medicine, if it would have felt the same as cutting back from influencing. Okay, thanks. Bye. All right. Thank you for your question, Jen. So I think I want to start off by saying that I think both social media and both working too much are two huge problems 
that specifically Americans um, experience on a daily basis. There is a book, I will try to figure out, I can't remember the name of it right now, but um, it's an excellent book that just focuses on the work-life balance of Americans specifically and how we are notoriously overworked and constantly trying to work more and better and bigger than ever before. So that is a huge, huge, huge problem. And it's actually mentioned also in Johan Hari's a book, Stolen Focus, that I just finished, which was phenomenal. Um, but it does also talk about, you know, work, working hours and how that affects us, um, our stress levels and just our overall happiness in general. So the question though is basically, you know, do I think that it would have been any different cutting back on influencing or cutting back on medicine. And, you know, I don't think that this has anything to do with cutting back on influencing. I, I wasn't, you know, I mean, I do think I needed to work less for sure, but I wasn't necessarily cutting back on influencing so much as to just quitting social media because I knew that it was unhealthy for me. And I wanted to rework the way that quote, influencing end quote, how that actually works. And that, I don't know, I think, you know, my whole goal was to show people like, hey, like we can do this in a healthier way than what we're doing, which is basically, you know, producing ads at an astronomical rate, pushing links to people constantly. Um, I wanted to offer a different way of influencing, which is a slower paced, you know, back to the, you know, older days of blogging where, you would visit blogs when you had time, which was maybe once a week, and you might be inspired by something that person was cooking or wearing or doing to their home. And you might go from there to either purchase something or maybe do a, do a DIY project at your home or something like that. But everything was much slower paced and you weren't taking in information at a lightning fast speed, um, clogging up your brain with unnecessary information. And so... It was more my desire to change the way of influencing. I do think I was absolutely working too much during a few years there uh, where I was dedicating a, a significant amount of time and that was incredibly stressful and did not at all help me in you know my life as a wife or a mother. And so, yeah, of course, I do think that plays a role no matter what career you might be in. Absolutely. But this was more specifically recognizing and understanding the negative effects of what that job of influencing did to both myself and both to, you know, and to my community. Just the immense amount of money that people would unnecessarily spend on items and you know, that I would spend as well, you know, on items. And so it was just like a recognition of all of those different things. I hope that kind of answered your question. But, you know, overall, I do think as a society, we are absolutely overworked in every career path that we have, especially as mothers, it's it's very hard to balance, you know, all of those things. And we are absolutely, you know, expected to, you know, raise our children and and be there for every step of the way for them. And, and that's hard. That's really, really hard. So yeah, hope that answered your question. Hey, Lindsay, my name is Laura. 
I have actually been really curious about your spouse's role in all of this, both as you grew and as you dedicated more time to it, as you added children to the family, et cetera. I would love to know how involved he was, how involved he was in you stepping back, um, as well as how involved he maybe was in telling you to take breaks or calm down or do less in some of those crazier years. Uh, just really curious. It seems like a lot of times the partners behind those influencing and selling and growing are pretty quiet. And I would love to hear more of that story if you or he are comfortable sharing some of those specifics. Anyway, thank you. Have a great day. Bye. Hey, Laura. Thank you for your question. Let's see. Um, my husband has always been, you know, incredibly supportive of any of my crazy ideas. I <laughs> have a lot of them, a lot of ideas all the time. And blogging was for many years just a creative outlet that he was never ever involved in. I mean, you know, he would know he knew I did it and um, was like, you know, doing his downtime stuff, and I would be doing my downtime blogging type stuff, but you know, he wasn't ever quite involved. In fact, he was never involved at all in any of it. He did for a very small period of time, you know, help me take photos for a few years there. But I found that it was better to kind of separate those things if possible because I didn't want to be telling him what to do. I didn't, I don't know. I I, feel, I find it very difficult to work alongside him in that capacity where you own your own business. And so I would be essentially giving him like a to-do list of things. And I just, it just wasn't the the greatest way for us to spend our time together in our free time. So I had my friend, you know, helping me with pictures along the way there. And, you know, he was always incredibly supportive in the way that he was like, Lindsay, if this makes you happy, this is great. But I was increasingly stressed out and, you know, always working. And he would always emphasize to me that this is not necessary. You don't need to be doing any of this. Just delete it all. And he would tell me that very frequently, you know, just to let me know that, I didn't need to be working that hard for something that was making me stressed or, you know, making me miserable, which wasn't that often. But when it was, it was just, it was like everything had come to a head and I was working too much and putting too many hours into everything that I was trying to do. And it was very hard. So yeah, I mean, he did not work alongside me, like some other um, influencers that I have known um, that do have their partners doing a a big chunk of the work uh, behind the scenes. He was never involved with any of that. Um, I mean, he works way too much to be involved um, with any of that. And so that's, again, why I didn't want his free time being consumed with me telling him, you know, what to do for my, my business that I had created. I just didn't think that was fair. And we would rather spend our time doing other fun things than to be essentially doing work. I hope that answers that question. I He just wasn't really involved, but was incredibly supportive up until the point where it wasn't necessarily making me happy. And social media definitely was taking a toll on me mentally throughout the last few years. Today's episode is sponsored by Navy Hair Care. I have been working with Navy Hair Care since they launched 
back in 2018. At that time, I was about a year postpartum with our third child, and my hair was experiencing some trouble after some significant postpartum hair loss. Navy really helped to strengthen my hair, and I noticed a big difference about one to two months after using it regularly. With biotin, vitamins, and rosemary oil, this shampoo and conditioner combo has been part of my daily routine for years now. I also use the charcoal mask every one to two weeks to help revitalize my hair. It helps to dry out toxins, heavy metals, and impurities, which we have plenty of since we have well water. This mask will leave your hair feeling incredibly soft and lightweight. You can use the code Lindsay, L-Y-N-Z-Y, for 30% off your order, and I will leave the links to the products I mentioned within the show notes. Hi, Lindsay. So I've been thinking lately that maybe just getting rid of all the social media apps isn't enough for me. I've been off, have them Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, all that stuff. I've been off my phone for nine months now, but I still feel like I'm on my phone too much. Just dumb things like checking my email, which there's hardly anything ever coming through other than advertisements or refreshing the weather app I'll find myself doing or looking at photos or just, I don't know, I still feel like I can get very disconnected and I'm not in the moment when I have my phone near me. And I've been toying with the idea of getting rid of the smartphone altogether, but it just sounds crazy. You know, I feel like going out into the world without a smartphone is just unheard of these days. So just curious to to hear what your thoughts are on that. So I absolutely can resonate with what you're saying about just being drawn to your phone. I remember the first time I took a month break from social media and I would pick up my phone and just automatically swipe to where I knew certain apps were. I have never knew the weather as as good as I did during that month break where I would just call my phone to check the weather and I'd be like, you know, giving minute to minute hour, you know, weatherly updates. It is, you know, a phone addiction issue. And I think there's probably three ways to deal with this. And you're right. I do think that just so many of us are so used to having it around. It would be really weird to ditch it completely, but I do think it's absolutely an option. If you think about what you actually use it for, you really only need it to be able to call people and receive text messages. And, you know, you'd have to go old school with travel and maps with directions and such. But I think that would probably be the biggest issue for me is being able to easily get to navigation for wherever I need to go. But aside from that, you could also just leave your phone completely and get an Apple Watch. I have always been against the Apple Watch and I broke down about, oh gosh, a year ago or something when I said, I've had it with this phone. I don't want it anymore put it somewhere. I don't want it. And I leave my house very frequently without my phone now. 
because I have I don't have any apps on my uh, Apple Watch. I just have the ability to call or to text. But as a mom, obviously I want my you know kids' schools to be able to reach me all the time for my husband to be able to reach me. And so, you know, having my watch has been, you know, of a relief as far as, you know, feeling anxious about leaving my phone anywhere, you know, when my kids aren't here or my husband. So, you could do that. Obviously, they are uh, pricey, so that is a decision to make. And then the other option is to, I know quite a few people that have done this now, and they have gotten what they're, it's called a phone lockbox. So basically, it is essentially a box <laughs> that has a timer on it that you set. And you can say, you know, you can set several times per day where you say, you know, between the hours of such and such, I will not use my phone. It will be in this box. And the box will not open <laughs> at all until that time is has elapsed. So that is an option. If it makes you nervous not to have access to a phone in case of an emergency, I highly suggest getting a landline. Uh, we have one and people think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy. I think my kids need to be able to know how to call us an emergency, call 911 in an emergency and dealing with unlocking someone's phone and figuring that whole situation out is way more cumbersome than just having a landline. And you can actually do a landline that's through Wi-Fi, which we do, which is, it's called Magic Jack. And so you can just hook it right up to your Wi-Fi. So it would work, you know, unless Wi-Fi was down, which is pretty rare. So yeah, those are my overall suggestions for that. Good luck. Hey, Lindsay. My name is Laura from Texas. I hope that you're doing well. I wanted to ask about your thoughts on aging in social media. It doesn't look like anyone ages on social media. Everybody's using filters. And I struggle with that myself, seeing women my age look flawless So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that and get your medical perspective to how women age. I'm 36 years old. And so whenever I see a wrinkle or a line or anything that makes me, you know, feel older, I don't know if it's normal because I don't see anybody else showing that on Instagram. Anyway, hope that you're doing well and enjoying your kiddos. Thanks for all that you've done. I have loved staying off Instagram more and just connecting with accounts that really mean something to me. Have a great day. Hey, Laura. So I, you know, unfortunately, I just think it's part of the culture, which is to, you know, showcase your best life within, you know, most of these social media apps, you know, most people are not going on there and, you know, especially on Instagram, which is a platform that is based on pretty imagery. They're not going to put on, you know, images that are, you know, of like our garbage and stuff like that. It's just always pretty curated images and it always has been. And I think, you know, it is unfortunately setting up children that have access to phones, preteens, teens, to this world where they feel like they have to be constantly heavily filtered and that they're not good enough because, you know, their hair is not straight enough or it's not curly enough or it's not dark enough or their cheekbones aren't high enough or, you know, what have you. And so they use these filters to be able to adjust those things. I was listening to a really interesting podcast 
And I'll put it into the show notes because I'm blanking on the name. It's one that I listened to quite a while ago, so I can't remember. But it specifically talks about this, um, where it talks about what we see when we look into the social media mirror and how that might affect you know society as we move forward. Oh, maybe it's this one right here. It's called In Machines We Trust. I think this was it. Yes. Yes. Okay. So it's called, the podcast is called In Machines We Trust. And it's basically this uh, team that puts together a podcast that talks about, you know, when does the algorithm get it wrong? And it's a four-part series. It talks about face, face recognition and the team at MIT Technology Review uh, puts this together. It's really good. And so there's an episode called Encore, the AI of the Beholder. And it talks about how computers rank the way that people look and the results that influence the things we do, the posts we see, and the way we think. And so it, it talks all about, you know, physical appearance and how some apps will, you know, amplify voices that they find to be, quote, more attractive, end quote. It is fascinating. Anyways, I will link it in the show notes in case you're interested. But yeah, I think unfortunately it is just part of what social media is. It just amplifies, you know, whatever people, you know, define as being beautiful. And unfortunately, I think that often aging is not in the category of beautiful. And you know, it's another reason why I personally left social media, um, just the constant like having to keep up with everything that's going on on there. And then also raising, you know, we have three girls, one boy. And so I just really want to be able to instill in them the importance of not caring what other people think, understanding what beauty truly is. And that it comes from within and all of those different things. So yeah, I totally agree with you though, that uh, social media absolutely doesn't age. (laughs) You go on there and that's just the way in which it works. Specifically on Instagram, I would say, obviously, because it's, it's heavily focused on photos and video. All right. So I had received quite a few questions outside of my voicemail. And so I will go through just a few of those here. So the first question is, would you ever go back to social media? And do you ever think you will? And, you know, my answer to this is 95% no. There's only a 5% (laughs) because of the book I recently read, Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. They gave me just a slight amount of optimism, which is tough as an Enneagram 8. I'm usually all or nothing, which is, you know, not necessarily a good thing, but it is what it is. So, but it did give me some optimism that if we can be advocates for a better future for social media, that we can absolutely change the way in which these platforms function and in which they are amplifying positivity throughout our life. So, 
you know, he gave several different examples when it comes to Facebook where they could absolutely be batching notifications rather than sending you notifications constantly. I mean, many people might have their notifications off, which is great, but if you don't, you get notifications every time something happens. And instead of doing that, they could just batch it to sending them to you once a day instead. They could also set up the feed so that you could tell Facebook what you are interested in instead of surveillance capitalism, which tries to find out everything about you and then sells it to the nearest bidder. And then those people can change the way that they sell you things in order for you to hopefully buy their products. You know, they could say, hey, instead of us spying on you and figuring out what you like and don't like, why don't you tell us what your current goals are for the future, whether that's a month from now or a couple months from now, a year from now. And you could say, okay, I want to read 20 books this year. I want to run a 5K race and I want to learn how to knit. And Facebook can put you into, you know, these specific groups where you could be in a running group that's close by, that's local, where you can meet up with people face to face, meet new people, make new relationships and enrich your life in that way. You could also be placed into a group of people locally that are beginning to knit and learn how to knit together and meet people that way. You could be placed into a a book club Facebook group where you could be reading books together and then either virtually or in person meet. And this would essentially be what Facebook wanted it to itself to be, which was to connect people face to face and actually enrich their lives in a way that will, you know, make them less stressed, will make them just fear, feel overall more whole than to have them scrolling in an empty feed in their own echo chambers um, with people constantly amplifying negative material you would be, you know, enriching your life by finding people nearby that have similar interests to you or finding friends, you know, that are nearby and, you know, seeing what they're up to or, you know, just just connecting the world in a better way than focusing on capitalizing on (laughs) selling us stuff constantly to every bidder. So when I read that, though, I realized that I had never thought of it that way, that social media could really... I mean, I know that it could be used in the way in which I used it. I The only thing I miss it for is when I would be helping other people and I was able to help people in such an incredibly big way that I do not have the ability to do anymore. So that is sad, but that is the only thing that I found to be helpful. I think it's also very helpful for people that have rare medical conditions or children that have rare rare medical conditions where parents can come together and you know say hey you're not alone in this and here's tips and tricks that I've learned or what have you I think that that's an excellent way to use social media as well so there are are definitely things that would be great if we could amplify those and make it healthier for us overall which is absolutely possible it's just everything would need to be re- reworked and you know facebook could you know become like a subscription service rather than what it currently is which is basically selling our data but anyway so <laughs> the answer to the question is probably not ever but if things were to drastically change and we made these platforms in a way that helped us 
you know, regain our attention and regain our focus and make us healthier overall, I think, you know, it would absolutely be a possibility. But for now, definitely not. (laughs) Next question is, do you think there is a healthy way to use social media? And I'm still working. I'm still working on an answer to this question. I want to say that as a brand, I do think it's possible if you set extremely strict parameters for yourself. I have heard from others that have online brands that one of the best things that you can do is unfollow everyone and essentially just sign in to produce your content and be able to answer people within your community and answer questions and then sign off. So you're not using it in that personal way where you would be scrolling and watching other stories. So you don't go down that rabbit hole. I'm sure you guys can resonate with, you know, going on there to have a specific goal in mind and then getting extremely distracted and suddenly 20 minutes have gone by and you have no idea what you, what has happened in the past 20 minutes. So I think, you know, having those specific goals in mind and having, you know, not following anybody within the app that you're trying to amplify for your own brand is helpful. Also, you know, setting specific time limits. So every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I will work on my social media uh, from 10 to 11. And, uh, you know, outside of that area, I will not be on social media. I personally had tried many of these different things. (laughs) You know, I had brought down my follow list to, you know, a couple of hundred, which was a lot. Um, As an influencer, um, you kind of just typically like follow all the brands you work with, follow all the bloggers you know, and it just becomes this cluster where you have no idea like what you're looking at anymore. But I had done that and I had set up all these parameters. I tried all different types of parameters and By the end, I was absolutely taking all nights and weekends off. I was taking several weeks off at a time, several, you know, I took a couple months off in the past year, but I did always find that I would do really great with many parameters for a couple of weeks, but then would slip, like slowly see myself slip back into using it in a more unhealthy way, you know? It's it's a difficult thing to do. It it really is, and I think you constantly have to keep yourself in check. So uh, my suggestion is, you know, if you're somebody that really likes to unwind by, you know, just doing the mindless scroll. You know, some of us like to sit in front of the TV and watch a TV show. Like, if you don't want to do that and you want to scroll, I think that's totally fine. I think it can be done healthily if you you know, set those parameters for yourself, but then also set either a week or a month where you just take it completely off very frequently to kind of reset back to where you were before. I know everybody's personality is different. So for me, it helped a lot to have frequent weeks off. So if I, you know, every, you know, for a half hour a day, I like to, you know, decompress with looking at social media. Well, Every couple of weeks, I would take a complete week off from social media, reset and say, okay, I'm really sticking to this. This is why these are the things I'm going to do if I do have free time so that I'm not just scrolling. So I think that really helps to keep yourself accountable. The last question I'm going to put into this episode is about being a brand and leaving social media. I had quite a few questions about this. I had 
some influencers reach out and and just say, hey, I really want to do this, but I don't even know where to start because, you know, this is the income from my family and I, I don't know, you know, what I'll do without it. And so that is a really, really, really tough, you know, question to answer because this will vary for everybody depending on, you know, how much you do rely on social media for financial reasons. I think it can be difficult if you have a very small brand, you know, not having social media might be really tough in this day and age just because that's how everybody gets their brand out there. And so sometimes hiring someone to manage your social media might be advantageous just because you can give that and delegate that to somebody else. They might be able to very easily separate you know, scrolling from working because this is literally their job. And so they're just going on there to post what they need to post for your social media and then they get off and then you don't have to use it, but you could just be in the background, you know, putting together the content and then having somebody else amplify it. I, as far as influencing, I know that it can be incredibly difficult. I think that I've always been a big advocate of not putting all of your tools into one box. So if you have a blog, you should also, you know, have other avenues. So you have your newsletter, you might have a podcast, you might have your own line of something that you've produced that you sell. But putting all your eggs into one basket is never a good idea. And, you know, we never know. Instagram could be gone tomorrow. It's not something that you can heavily rely on. We don't have any regulation of it. And so I found it always hard to say, you know, I'm relying on this and, you know, what happens if. So, you know, getting rid of it can be can be obviously cumbersome and you can take a huge financial hit because so much of income comes from Instagram when they produced Instagram stories, it was very easy to make money because you could just use swipe up links everywhere. And once you delete your social media, you no longer have that possibility of obtaining uh, fast, immediate income. So, you know, as an example, I would post, you know, affiliate links or I would work with brands and I would put their links into my Instagram stories and I would make money through that. But since I do not have that anymore, either I would have living links on my blog, which people visit whenever they feel like it or have time or, you know, in my newsletter, which goes out once a week. And, you know, when you're online, when you're on social media and you have the opportunity to shop links that are right there in front of you, you're more likely to purchase something. It's like one of those like fast things like, oh, something's on sale. It's 50% off. It's not going to be available tomorrow. I need to purchase this right now type of situation where you know, if you're an influencer and you decide to come off social media, you don't have the ability to, you know, do these flash sales and and things like that, which I think is good. Both, you know, it's it's not it's going to result in in producing less money for you, but overall it's it's good because people that are consuming your content are not buying unnecessarily and also just clogging up, you know, this is just more trucks on the road to deliver packages. This is more items ending up in landfills um, and things like that, which is really just a whole other podcast for another episode, but just the consumerism aspect of it 
you know, is huge. But yeah, anyways, I think that's it. I will most likely at some point produce another um, episode here and there just on like updates, maybe even um, sharing books that I've recently read or resources and just thoughts overall on social media. But I do have something in the back of my head that I am working on, which I am keeping completely under wraps. And I will keep you guys updated on that. And hopefully it all comes to fruition. But, you know, like I said, I have all these million ideas and no time to execute them. So (laughs) we will see what happens with that. But as always, I love hearing from you. If you have any thoughts on anything within this episode today, please do let me know and check out the show notes for a few of the resources I mentioned in today's podcast and have a great week. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. All resources mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes on lindsayandco.com. To continue these important conversations, head over to Motherhood Meets Medicine on Instagram. Let me know what you learned from this episode and who you would love to hear from next. I always love getting feedback from you. If you're finding value in this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. This will help us to reach even more women from around the world. I'll catch you next week. Until then, don't forget to find some time to unplug, unwind, and have a little fun. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.